1: Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how to build your brand strength during a pandemic, what effect social has on SEO, and many other topics related to marketing. To help us, we have with us Ken Nor, CEO and founder of that company. Ken, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so, glad uh, to be here, man.
1: Awesome. So before we jump in, we always like to ask a random question just so our audience gets to know you a little bit better. I'm curious to know something you're passionate about that those that know you largely through your professional persona may be surprised to learn.
0: Yeah. So I am a woodworker and I love to build on uh, on the side. I love building furniture and I think most of my employees know that, but I don't think most people that, that interact with me professionally know that. I find it amazingly relaxing to take something physical and to, to turn it into, you know, something beautiful afterwards. It was, it was funny during a um, company meeting not that long ago, somebody actually compared me and my management style to sandpaper. And actually in a very good way. <laughs> in the way that I am, I'm in your face and I'm rough, but it is all about taking you and molding you into something better and to learning what's inside of you and bringing that out. I And I was like, wow. That's exactly what I do in woodworking. I, I I love the turn. I don't know if you know what wood turning is, but that's yep. where you can put it on a thing and you spin it. I love taking a block of wood and seeing something in there that nobody else sees and making it. How about that? That's awesome.
1: Love it. Um, love the description. And I'm glad to know that it uh, relates to your management style
0: as well. Yeah. I didn't Um, know that until this (laughs) employee pointed it out. And I'm like, wow, that's a huge compliment because it's also a passion of mine. And I I do, I try to mold, make things. Uh,
1: (laughs) Perfect. So we're barely into 2021, right? And we're still, everybody's still dealing with, and there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still dealing with the the pandemic and stuff like that. And the changes that's made to the business landscape across different industries. But would love to understand, you know, with your background and your experience, insights or or opportunities, marketing opportunities that you see during this kind of transition to a new normal?
0: Yeah. So it's kind of the same as it was at the beginning of this. My my mindset was now's the time to actually grow it. I think you've got companies still out there that are kind of hunkering down. And so there's an opportunity to expand your your market share. And I'll go back to The example that i like to talk about is uh procter and gamble and procter and gamble prior to or around the great depression was in a very arguably the the greatest financial collapse of the world uh in modern history anyway and uh and they they brought i don't know if you know the story about them but they were just an uh an average everyday company at that time a small business that uh was you know struggling to do what they do and they all of a sudden had you know all their orders and stuff from grocery stores and everywhere else were just uh coming to an end or being cut back and uh, as they came into the great depression and they decided to take on this new marketing medium at that point which was radio was kind of new and they developed and started sponsoring very heavily serialized daytime dramas okay and when I say serialized daytime dramas, meaning that the daytime drama on radio would continue the story tomorrow. Right. And they were the, the name behind it because they sponsored all these. And that's where the term soap operas came from, was them. Uh-huh. They literally built their entire brand on marketing to wives at home housewives at home that would listen to these dramas every day and then associate it with their products like ivory and suds and all of these other things and they are now one of the largest if not the largest consumer products brand on the planet and that was their launch came out of an incredibly bad time, and and so when we talk about what our marketing opportunities, marketing opportunities are, there's no better time than now. And if your competitors are going to hunker down, don't match them. In fact, outmarket them. Take market share. Uh, be brave. Be bold. Go out there and and do it. And uh, you know, pre pre uh, show, we were talking. You know, you've had a growth year. We've had a growth year. I would not have called that at the beginning of this. right?
1: right. I don't know if anybody knew
0: what was going to happen at the beginning right. of all this. Right. Right, And then you say, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I keep saying, that's not a train. That's not a train. That's not-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We hope it's not. Although nobody right. knew what 2020 was going to bring. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring.
0: Yeah. I think it's a, you know, it's, um, I, so many people would say there's nowhere uh, else but up and I can, I can definitely appreciate that sentiment. Um, but, uh, there's always up, it's always there. So I, I think anybody that is going to look at today's marketing environment and, and be afraid, no. Entrepreneurs, business owners, we're all kind of risk takers anyway. At least the great ones are. And uh, yeah, no, double down. Don't hunker down, double down.
1: Yeah, That's there's far opportunity far. if you're willing to you know take the risk and, and put in the time and the effort and the focus. Now, compared to what P&G was doing back in the day with the radio serials, we're in a, you know, a much more complex technology kind of situation. And so there's a big component to marketing that comes down to SEO. And so, would love to just a quick overview in layman's terms for those that are listening that may not be as familiar with SEO and how it's realized, but would love to just kind of set some context around that.
0: Sure. SEO search engine optimizations the idea of helping improve your rankings on the search engines and what we call the natural or organic results. That's the, when you do a search, you're obviously hit with some paid ads and things like that, but it's the stuff down below that, that you, we talk about those organic rankings and whether or not we're going to be, you know, ranked first, second, uh, or four thousandth. uh, you know, obviously moving up on that list and being close to number one or being number one is, is, uh, a game changer for a number of companies and bring them a lot of opportunities, whether it's lead generation pre-sales or whether it's e-commerce or, or whatever, being in those top positions uh, definitely has an impact on a lot of businesses. So it's changed a lot over the years. It used to just be, well, it, it was a lot about backlinks and it had a lot to do with other websites linking to you. It still does to some degree, but not as much anymore. And, it has to do with the content that's on your website. I think that uh, when we talk about, you know, successful SEO strategies, they involve a lot, but I think probably one of the things that's, that's surprising to most people now, even if they've been involved in doing some SEO or they work with an SEO firm or whatever, is that today, what we call rank brain, which is uh, Google's AI technology, it watches user behavior and user behavior has become much more, more of a ranking signal, a ranking factor than ever before. So in short, and I'll just give you this so you understand it from a really layman's term. If you were to do a search for whatever keyword, doesn't matter, a phrase, and you see the results that come up, if you look at the first result and you don't like it, or it doesn't really interest you and you move on and you click on the second result, And then let's say you you didn't really like the second result once you got there and you bounced out and came back to the search result and you moved down and you clicked on the third result and then you came back out and then you clicked on the fourth result. And when you clicked on the fourth result, you stayed in there. You didn't come back out. What did that path tell Google? Well, the first thing it said to Google was that the number one result, which you didn't even click on was not interesting to you. And so Google questions whether that should be number one or not. In essence, If you're familiar with the the idea of crowdfunding, lots of people, imagine crowdsourcing or crowd informatics where Google is analyzing literally millions of users and their behaviors and they go, hey, lots of users are just not clicking on that first result. It probably doesn't belong in first. And so it'll derank you based on user behavior. And they did click on the second, but they didn't stay. They did click on the third, but they didn't stay. They clicked on the fourth and they stayed. Maybe the fourth needs to move up. So user behavior is guiding a lot of what we see now in search engine results. And so, you know, paying attention to your analytics was never something that an SEO person used to do. We never bothered care. We'd look at it and go, we got number one ranking, we're happy. Um, But now observing user behavior, you know, what we call bounce rate, uh, time on site, all of these pieces are now such huge factors in SEO. And most SEO practitioners just don't, pay attention to it and they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, you know, uh, acquiring backlinks and building content and all that, but they don't understand why they're not getting their success. And so uh, I think that's an important distinction today and what's going on in our world of SEO. Well,
1: and a lot of that will depend on the content Right. Do you do you present when I jump? Say I click on the third link and I jump in there. Did I present something that was going to capture or or connect with the individual who might have you know I might have shown up because of their search terms? So there's a correlation I think between the content creation, the execution of it all that I think from what I've seen, some people struggle with. Right? It becomes very difficult for them to understand how to. How to kind of—I don't want to say game the system—but come up with a content strategy that that takes into account the user behavior, uh, or that is flexible enough to still be sticky, dependent upon changes in search terms. How do you work with companies to help them kind of figure that out and understand it?
0: Yeah, so uh, that's a great observation, Chad. We we talk about there's a single word for that. It's engagement, right? Does does the the user engage with your content? Do they do they read it? Do they scroll? Do they click? Is there something to click on? Is there something interesting to click on? What am I, you know, am I getting engagement with the user? And web content, we've known this for a long time, is not read in the same way that other content is read. So if you were to pick up a book and you think about how you, your reading habits of a book are, it's you're literally going to read, 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 flip the page, read, read, wait a second, back up. Let me reread that again for clarity and understanding. Read, read, read. You're reading through every word in a newspaper different. You're going to you're going to open up the look at the front page of a newspaper. I know this is old school and some people are like what's a newspaper uh, <laughs> but in a newspaper. Uh, you know, you look at the front page of a newspaper and you headline headline. Interesting headline. Read, 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 read. Skip to A3. Split the pages. Uh, Finish reading the article. Lose interest. Back to the front page again. Headline, headline. Uh, Interesting one. That's a more similar behavior to how web content is consumed. It is consumed uh, when they come onto the page. They skim for headlines. They're they're looking for something. Their search intent got them there. They were searching a phrase. They Google showed it to them. Uh, by the way, the very first thing that you got is a title tag that's displayed in the search results. And those titles are in essence, your headlines. And those are the headlines you're competing with everybody else's headlines. And so is your headline engaging to get them to click in the first place? And then when they do click and, and they come onto the website, are they, they made it to the page. Was that headline something that drew them in? And now you're using H2s and other like paragraph headers and things like that. As they skim down through this content, they're looking for the next piece. And they're looking for that click, right? They're, they will click if they find something that, that will drive them and engage them. Do you bury everything in your menus? Do your menus make sense? Is Are your calls to action even within the page or are your calls to action a contact us button in the menu, which is not a really good call to action, you know, maybe I want to do a contextual call to action. For more information about how we can help you with whatever the page subject is, you know, click here. Give them three-year-old uh, instructions. You know, like a, you're giving it to a three-year-old. Give them it really simple and in their in their face and and create engaging content. Then I guess the the really important part, Chad, is that are we even watching this? <laughs> are we do are do, are we using tools out there that will let us see that engagement? Do you you know? Do we know? That, like for instance, there's heat maps and what we call scroll maps. There's tools out there that are not very expensive for you to to put in place that you can say, Yeah, I'm driving a lot of visitors to this page, but they're not even scrolling a third of the way down. The clicks and the calls to action that I have down at the in this section of the page, nobody sees them. Okay, well, what do I got to do? So, first thing is awareness. Pay attention to user behavior. Most people aren't. Most people are not using tools to even look at it. Most marketers just stop short man they write the content and they put it up there they catch a ranking and then they quit and they they go well the way to get us from position you know four to position one is let's go get more backlinks no <laughs> you're missing it you're missing this user behavior angle you don't even realize it's going on all, you know it was interesting this is not new information rank brain's been around since 2016 it's becoming more and more a major factor, but there's a company out there that does reporting. I don't know if you're familiar with a company called SEM Rush, but SEM Rush did a uh, ranking factors report back in 2019. And they said the number one ranking factor, and there's a question, is that a, a factor or is it a causation or correlation? And there's a there's a difference there. but And the number one ranking factor was direct visitors, non search visitors. In other words, people that were going directly to your website, they were, they they found a clear correlation between sites that had high traffic and great rankings. And the high traffic had nothing to do with the rankings, meaning that people were going there because of brand awareness. And when you see that, that correlation and you go, well, well, how is that possible? It kind of goes into how, like what effect does social media have? And that is your brand recognition. If you're third on the list, and a person did a search, and they go, "Oh, I know that company. I have trust and value in that third one. I'll click on that one. I'll skip the first two. That behavior will move you up on the list." Well, so, let's
1: let's dive into that for a second because there's yeah. you, the user behavior piece is fascinating to me. I mean, yeah. anybody that's watched the social dilemma or or any you know paid attention to how a lot of the social media stuff works, and I forget the I forget the name of the author, but there's an awesome book called "The Surveillance Economy" that we're now in, uh, and user behavior is the product. How does social media affect the SEO? I want to I want to go a little bit deeper into that.
0: A lot of different ways. One, obviously, what we're talking about, user behavior, brand awareness, trust value. Uh, the, the number one factor for uh, your selection of a car dealer is referral. In other words, uh, somebody else said something, uh, hey, look, that's a great dealer. That's the number one factor of how people make choices is uh personal referral. Social media is that, if you think about it, social media, people are mentioning or reviews, they're saying negative things about a company or they're saying positive things about a company. You know, when you see an ad that's running in social media and it's followed by a bunch of comments and you look at the comments and, you know, they're saying scammers or whatever, You it puts something in your head or if they're saying, yeah, this is awesome or check this out or they're tagging other people whatever. Social media has that effect on pre priming the engine if you will for search we can we can set aside the fact that or we know some basics that you know some social media uh, create backlinks right so twitter yeah. when we see a link that creates backlinks facebook less important so because a lot of facebook communication and links are actually hidden from uh, from google they can't see it if people aren't publicly sharing everything you know pinterest to help you with backlinks and stuff like that but set aside the backlinks picture for a minute and it's that priming of the pump of your of your brand So that if I'm in the marketplace for something and now I go out and do a search for it and that brand now shows up in the search and I'm familiar with that brand because I saw it in social media or I saw a friend talking about it or whatever, that has a massive impact on, on user behavior. And it could even be subliminal to some nigger, <laughs> um, meaning that the ads have been even been about you know. So you've heard all these crazy stories, I'm sure, out there. Yeah, you know? I was just talking about whatever, and then suddenly the ads started following me in Facebook. Right? You know, dude, I've had the ad in front of you the whole time. You just haven't been paying attention. You've been oblivious to it. Now suddenly, because you are searching for it. Now you see me and yet I've been there the whole time or I've been, you've been in an audience that I've been marketing to for a long time. You just really weren't interested in what, and now all of a sudden you are. And now that you've taken notice of me, you you can't stop seeing me <laughs> everywhere you go I'm there. So like you buy a
1: car, right? And then all of a sudden you see that how many of those cars are on the road you didn't notice before.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the point uh, that is, uh, you know, and uh, and sometimes you haven't even bought the car yet just because you, Are thinking about that Audi or whatever, and then you're like, man, there's one, and there's one, yeah, (laughs) they're everywhere, they're everywhere, (laughs) right? So I, that is an impact that that social media has on SEO for sure is that brand awareness, brand recognition. It is another angle, and social media. You've got, I think most advertisers don't even realize, but that that social media you sometimes can't count your budget in social media as being a direct conversion budget, meaning that I'm going, I'm going to run ads and like in pay-per-click on regular search pay-per-click, I go, I'm going to spend this much money and I'm going to get this many clicks. and I'm going to get this many sales or this many leads in social media. A lot of times advertisers go in with the same mindset of uh, their pay-per-click platforms. And they go, I'm going to spend this much. And I expect to get a certain conversion rate back. And that's not, social media's angle or play, as is uh, television. You don't look for direct conversions in television. You really are looking for a brand impression and impact on other marketing efforts that you're doing. When we think about what's happening at the moment that the person sees our message in social media is the same as thinking about what's happening at the moment if they see our message on television. Are they going to stop right then and call? No, they're not. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on social media. I'm actually there probably checking out what my, you know, wife's friend cooked for dinner. I'm using that as a, as a downtime of enjoyment. I am not there to do business unless I'm in, you know, you're selling a product that is like an impulse buy of a, you know, sweatshirt or something that's interesting. I don't know. But generally speaking, I am not their uh, business. It's recreational time for the average human. They're just absorbing content. And so that brand impression matters. And now when the person is ready to do business, they're out doing intentional searches, they're doing whatever. Now they're looking for a product and they're like, I recognize that product. I recognize that brand. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to look at them first. And right. that's the way it's about social media. is about lifting your other marketing efforts up.
1: So, it's a complex web, right? So you've yep. got the SEO side, you've got the content creation side. you've got the the social media impacts and w- when and where do I need to be there. So when you're working with companies, how do you you know concisely give them a clear North Star to approach the the brand social and and SEO strategy?
0: Wow. it's so for us, it's very, <laughs> very much so it's very, very much a custom approach. so every everybody's different and be like, Trying to give you advice about, um, you know, uh, there's some basics, I guess we could say in there. If I was going to give you advice about losing weight, we know that there are some basics there that we should say you need to exercise and you need to eat better. But I think it is really more about you too. I mean, if you you need to use, lose weight and you're five hundred pounds, or you need to lose weight and you're right. you know you're one hundred and ninety and you want to be at one eighty, the goals are a little different, and and the approach might be a little different, right? As to how we're going to get you from point A to point B. So you know, it is about taking a look at what is going to have an impact for you. So I, I think the the short answer, and I'm not giving a short answer, buddy, be a long one. Short answer is low hanging fruit first. So let's, let's go after the stuff that's going to have an impact to move the needle where we, we analyze you and you've got organic rankings and you're from an SEO standpoint and you're out on page two for this stuff. And let's go figure out what we can do to bring page two to page one, or you have no rankings at all. Well, is that going to be an impact? That's a, that's a marathon we're about to enter into SEO is not a short game. That's a long game. Maybe we ought to look at, you know, traditional pay-per-click where we can see some of that. I invest money and I get back clicks and I get, you know, qualified leads or, you know, opportunities in front of me. Social media is going to be supportive but maybe there's a play there, but we ought to experiment to it. Uh, So it's, there was an old, uh, an old saying, it was Wanamaker and Wanamaker stores up north. uh, He said, I know that half my advertising is working. I just don't know which half. Um, (laughs) Well, digital, you can figure that out. So you can figure out which app is working. You can figure out which parts are working. So, um, you know, uh, venture in, analyze. Let's look at what's working. Let's work, look at what's not working, efficiently move to, and every, and so the answer on that is everyone's custom. You well,
1: gotta, and it has to be agile, right? It has to be an agile iterative process. There is no like, hey, here's your answer and you can run for, you know, 3 years. It doesn't it doesn't work like that anymore because people are so engaged digitally and, you know, I don't know, let's say a pandemic breaks out or there's, you know, <laughs> other things that happen that you didn't expect. That impacts and ripples through all of it. So that be that ability to look at the analytics and pivot Uh, I think becomes critical, the way to do it well, unless I'm missing something is you have to understand how the pieces of the puzzle fit together now and then can be rearranged as the data changes and the insights change. So you're constantly staying on top of the best opportunities
0: for your business. Is that a fair assessment? That is a great assessment. But, and then, but step number one is first of all, just watch, pay attention. Uh, <laughs> right. No, seriously, we get, and, and, and so often, and I, they're different leaders in different places and different companies are in different, in different places in their evolution as a company. Right. But you need to be setting key performance indicators. You need to be measuring it. You need to be watching it and you need to be watching about the parts that matter. And you can certainly just focus on outcomes and say, well, we got this many leads this month and this many leads turned into this many presentations, turned into this many sales. And maybe there are companies not even measuring that level, but you certainly need to be observing and watching and, and paying attention to what's going on. And you talk about agile. It can be what a competitor did last month that, or yesterday right. that gives you an opportunity. It can be what a competitor did yesterday that can blow your company apart, you know, and it can be as something as simple as me being on this interview and saying something stupid that could also, you know, uh, turn turn me into a, a the pariah. You know what I mean? So it is agile is 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 a great word, and it's probably even more agile than we realize. Right?
1: Yeah, no doubt. I All mean, right. Think so
0: I talk about you talk about pandemic. It's funny a pa- pandemic. We we talk about pandemic and how it's spread across the world, right? It is the definition of viral. It is a right. virus, right? <laughs> but we look at, we want our marketing to go viral. And if you think about that for just a second and you go, dang, a word that I said today in, in a podcast could suddenly be blown up and worldwide and could have either incredible impact on me or devastating impact on me is always out there. Yeah, absolutely. Agile is a short word, right?
1: It's a short word for for a very large concept. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's change the direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply, as a CEO, that makes you a prospect for a lot yeah. of salespeople out there. And I'm always curious to learn if somebody doesn't have a referral, like they're not not brought to you from your network or a trusted source. What have you found works the best for you when somebody's
0: trying to capture your attention and
1: earn the right to time on your calendar? Okay.
0: I'm going to answer that in a different way. So I'm going to answer it in the negative. I will tell you what will not get you time on my calendar. <laughs> and I think it's important because sometimes it's it, some of the best lessons are to know what not to do versus what to do. I don't know exactly what would attract to get your, you know time on my calendar but i can tell you for sure what will get you not on my calendar i have and, and and let's just go into the cold calling world of telemarketing people that are just in a cold reach into us trying to get a hold of me and want to talk to me about whatever the worst and will absolutely get you basically banned from me uh and i won't i don't matter how great your company is i won't do business with you i won't tell you, you won't get my calendar i will never do business with you and that is to lie to my gatekeeper and tell them, "Oh, uh, I have a meeting scheduled with him. I'll take those phone calls, and then I'll call your ass out." Excuse me. Like, <laughs> right. I will call you out. I will say, "You told my, uh, you told my my front desk person that you had a meeting with me," and they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "How do you think that uh, our, our relationship starting off on a falsehood is going to go?" Right. Like, really? I mean, you think this is going to work well for you that not, I realize that you lied to people that you're that everything you're about to tell me about your product and how great it is, is not also a lie. I can't start a relationship in that place. I just can't. Right. And so I, I've got problems with that. And I've got guys that are working the phones for my business. I got guys that are hustling and working hard. And all I can you know say is, let's just be real. Let's be honest. Let's provide value. Let's do what we can. It's a hard world out there. But um, if the way you're going to get on my calendar or the way that you're going to think you're going to get on my calendar is by attempting to give me some kind of false thing. Well, I'm returning Ken's and I've never called you in my life. It's just (laughs) not going to be a good start for you with me. How about that?
1: Yeah, no. And I think it's a great I think it's a great insight because people buy from people and there has to be a relationship. It's all about trust, credibility and rapport. Are you providing value to them? Have you done your homework? Do you really have something that is that you truly believe is going to help them solve problems you believe they have? Or are you just going down a list, seeing if you can hook somebody and you'll do any unethical thing necessary? Those are the individuals that give the rest of us a, a bad name. So I think it's a great uh, share for the, for the audience. Our last question, we call it our acceleration insight. Yeah. One thing. If you could give one piece of advice to sales or marketing professionals that you believe if they listen to would help them hit or
0: exceed their targets, what would it be and why? This is going to be focused on salespeople. and something we taught. Uh, I taught, I don't even remember where I got it from. And it's the acronym CNS. Are you familiar with CNS? No, I don't think so. Okay. So we call, so here's the deal. Uh, a salesperson spends a lot of time, salespeople, sales professionals spend a lot of time chasing down prospects that uh, they had a meeting with and they think that, you know, it was a really good opportunity. It was a really incredible meeting. And I think this is a, a, a great prospect. And the, the short part of this is recognizing that no is good as well as uh, is as good to a sales professional as yes is. We know that we got to get through a lot of no's, to get to the yeses. That's just kind of the math part of dealing with sales. But no is is freedom. Getting a no from a prospect means that I can now focus my time on the guys that might say yes, because I just got the no from them. We talk about overcoming objections and all that, but actually getting to a no is a good thing. So one of the things that'll get you the the, the no quickest is, is CNS, which is clear next step. Never get off of an interaction with somebody without having a clear next step. Not, hey, um, uh, how about if I give you a buzz next week? Give me a call next week. to uh, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll take a look at that proposal. J- just follow up with me next week. No, 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 no. That's not clear. It's a next step, but it's not clear. A clear next step is uh, when that uh, person says to me, I've just given them a proposal, had a great meeting with them. Here's your proposal. And I say, listen, does Wednesday or Thursday, two o'clock uh, on Wednesday or three o'clock on Thursday work best for you, so that I can uh, uh, follow up with you about this? And that person, if they object at that moment to take the next step, it's a signal something's wrong. If they're excited, uh, absolutely, I'll take Wednesday at two o'clock. Uh, that feels a lot better than the guy that goes, ah, nah, nah. Well, okay, so do you need more time than that? Do you, can I? Do, how about the following week on 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 Tuesday? And they're still objecting. Well, listen, I don't want to waste your time and I'm sure you don't want to waste my time. If this doesn't seem like it's a proposal that's going to work out for you, why don't we just call it here and be just part of friends? I mean, if you're not happy with it, but other than that, my calendar is busy and I know yours is because it took me forever to get you to take the first meeting with me. So (laughs) I tell you what, can I just go ahead and get on your calendar? So we have a clear follow-up on this so that we can take care of this and move forward. You're excited about moving forward, aren't you? So that clear next step, right, will help you secure the objection or find the objection or uncover the objection. But nevertheless, getting a no is a good thing. And so... If I can get a no, and I don't have to follow, we spend as sales professionals, we spend way too daggum much time making the call back to that guy and and sending an email to him and going, Hey, 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 or let's take, let's get a meeting together. Let's follow, let's follow through on this. Meanwhile, what we call, and we call them crickets silent on us. We can't hear a thing and I'm wasting all this time. So the clear next step lets me go ahead and just lock that down while I'm in the interaction with you right now, Chad. You could set a clear next step with me, I could set a clear next step with you. And if we can't do that, then we're not gonna do business anyway. Right. Yep. So I love it. Nice and concise. Awesome. Yeah. CNS clear next step. Always have a clear next step. Perfect. You don't, you're just chasing your tail if you're if you don't have the next step already set up. Okay. Excellent.
1: All right, Ken. So if a listener's interested in learning more about that company or talking to you, where do you want us to send them?
0: Sure. So We, on a regular basis, uh, put out an offer for people that want to reach back out to us. You can go to thatcompany.com slash podcast and you'll see whatever our offer is evergreen. So you listen to this three years from now, there'll still be something there. I think right now they're offering a couple of different things, but one of the things they're doing is a a joke book. Like you can get a marketing, you want to hear marketing jokes, go there and check it out. (laughs) Um, so I think it's one of the uh, calls to action. If you, if nothing else, humor yourself, right? Uh, (laughs) So you can go there. You can always reach out to me on social media. I'm at Ken Norr, K-E-N-K-N-O-R-R, out on Twitter. And uh, you can find me out on LinkedIn as well. So love to connect with anybody who uh, wants to learn more about what we do. And uh, if I can help you, I can help you. you Excellent. Ken, I can't
1: thank you enough for taking time. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show it was a blast man thank you all right everybody that does of this episode you know the drill b2brevexec.com share the episode with friends family co-workers if you like what you hear leave us a review on itunes until next time we at value selling associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success
0: you've been listening to the b2b revenue executive experience to ensure that you never miss an episode subscribe to the show on itunes or your favorite podcast player thank you so much for listening until next time